Hi, I'm Len Epp from LeanPub, and in this episode of the Front Matter Podcast, I'll be interviewing Mike Gold. Based in Austin, Mike has been developing software for over 20 years and worked as a consultant in the banking, manufacturing, healthcare, finance, and military industries. He has also written over 200 articles on .NET and C-Sharp technology, which you can find on csharpcorner.com. You can follow him on Twitter at msgold2011 and find him on LinkedIn at MikeGoldAustin. Mike is the author of the LeanPub book, Creating a Wordle Game in React and TypeScript. Mike wrote the book to help a developer through the process of building a React app in order to familiarize the developer with some of the important features of React and TypeScript in a fun and easy to follow experience. The book goes step-by-step through some of the widely used concepts in React. In this interview, we're going to talk about Mike's background and career, professional interests, and his book. So thank you very much, Mike, for being on the Front Matter podcast. Thanks for having me, Len. Appreciate it. Um, I always like to start these interviews by asking people for their origin story. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about where you grew up and uh, your, how you got into sort of computers and technology. Sure. Yeah, I, I was talking to you earlier about Simon Brown. It was funny. I was listening to him and his origin story sounded like my origin story. Um, and uh, then I remember he said, oh, he's from Jersey. I said, oh, I'm also from Jersey. But then I realized he meant Jersey oh. in, near London, <laughs> and I meant Jersey Piscataway, like Jersey. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, um, so yeah, my origin story. I started on an uh, Apple II computer when I was young. My my dad got me one, and I, I learned on that. And I, I remember listening to Simon Brown's stories, typing in comp- um, programs and games from magazines. I did the same thing. <laughs> uh, you know, early on with computers, I also tried writing my own games. Um, back then, it was basic, um, and and later it was other languages. But uh, so I started with that. Uh, I also took a high school computer course. I remember writing a high school adventure game. That was one of my first uh, games uh, where you would walk through the school and collect various uh, school artifacts for that class. <laughs> um, so later on, um, you know, I, of course, uh, went into, I went into engineering. Uh, I was at electrical uh, engineering uh, all the way to um, uh, um, the master's program. And then I went out and got a job. Um, and at, at that time, jobs were hard, hard to come by. I mean, I, 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 to be honest with you, I couldn't get a jobs undergrad because it was, it was so bad. It was like the 80s, 80 like late eighties. And it was, um, it was a hard time for engineers to pick up jobs. But after my master's, I managed to score a job with DuPont and doing Mac programming, which, uh, which was an interesting, um, learning experience for sure. But, uh, I did, I did some Mac programming. It was a molecular biology. They had, uh, DuPont had a, a sequencing, a gene, uh, gene sequencing machine. And my job was to help write software that would help track the genes going what's through what's called an electrophoresis gel. Basically, they zap a gel with 1,200 volts, and it pushes uh, DNA strands down to it. And, that's, uh, and they read the ends of those strands. And the larger strands you know, are pulled down by faster by gravity, so they get sequenced first. And in this way, you can, you can actually sequence a gene in order. And I still use that technology today. And I got to be part of that, which was really cool. Um, well, later on, I moved to do, actually doing uh, engineering work um, for building centrifuges, um, which was kind of neat. It was embedded system work. And it was um, programming different kinds of microcontrollers. And uh, I helped uh, 
you could build a, another product just by changing the code slightly, which was my first foray into like generating products quickly with code. You could, you could just take a feature out or uh, out of the software and then that piece of hardware wouldn't work and you can have different upgrades. And so that's, that's what I did for a few years, help build centrifuges or fix bugs in centrifuges. Um, after that, I decided it's time to break out on my own. So I had this idea um, for building um, a tool for state diagrams. And I, I built this uh, tool um, at the time I built it in Visual C++, Microsoft technology, and it allowed you to draw these uh, state diagrams and would generate code from them. And after that, I said, uh, I started reading about UML. I know Simon Brown talked about it in his, his interview a lot. And, you know, I, I became very immersed and you were very interested in it because I realized you could, it was a way to model software, architect software without writing code and sort of giving a picture uh, version of the design. And a picture is a thousand words, even with software. So I, I, it was very useful. And I, I hooked up with a guy named Richard Felsinger, uh, who was a trainer. And we worked together. I would sell my software and he'd use it in his training classes. And eventually I, I, I took it further. I built a whole UML tool um, uh, that drew everything from class state and uh, other kinds of diagrams and sequence diagrams. And then I started heavily marketing it through magazines like Dr. Dobb and Eventually, my sister and brother-in-law joined the business, and it became a full business. We were we were selling this product for a while until until uh, I think it was around the time that I you know heard of a tool called Rational Rose. But they were the leaders in that space. They invented UML. They also had the tool that they sold. But they ended up selling to IBM, and soon after that, the market for UML tools sort of died. Um, there's no real great explanation. I think people um, started. These rapid, these rapid frameworks, they felt they didn't really need uh, architecture as much. But it was a fun adventure. You know, the tool did everything from generate code to reverse engineer code in like six languages. And it was a lot of fun writing that tool. And uh, after that, I decided it's time to time to go go back to work, to go into consulting. And that's what I've been doing since. Um, I've been uh, heavily consulting, mostly in the Microsoft technology space. In fact, I was a Microsoft MVP for a while because I had written articles on C Sharp Corner, many, many articles um, and on many topics of various technologies in Microsoft, as well as uh, some fun games. One of, one of my fun games uh, was uh, I, I recreated Space Invaders. <laughs> and when I say recreated, I mean I recreated it completely, you know, all the graphics, the sounds. I found a site to help me do that, and you know, I wrote an article on, on that. And uh, at the time, those articles were, were were doing well. I mean, I, thousands of people have read them, and you know, it, it felt good having you know, that people were really uh, enjoyed those articles, and so I kept writing them. But then I stopped writing after uh, Cesar Corner a while and became and concentrated more on getting consulting off the ground and. Um, and that's mostly my story. So, yeah, thanks very much for sharing that. That's really great for anyone who's interested. Check out Mike's uh, sort of experience on LinkedIn and you'll see like that, just how many, I think that there's like sort of 36 entries or something like that, some of them overlapping. And it's just this really incredible, you know, interesting, like diverse array of experiences and things you've worked on. I'm really curious, actually. So I saw that. So you studied electrical engineering at Cornell 
That's um, right. And uh, I think a lot of people listening now might be like, how could it possibly have been hard to get a job as an engineer? Because um, uh, nowadays, you know, of course, there's this sort of notorious kind of now like, battle for problem. talent and stuff like that. Right. And a lot of people right. think, you know, oh, well, you know, there was, there, you know, there's been various recessions, right? You know, uh, and things like that. Was that was that what was going on at the time? That's exactly what was happening. There was a recession. It was only a short period, but um at the time coming out of school, I, I had trouble. I went through many interviews and didn't get, get a job. And, uh, you know, there there's always these lulls in, in the job market at certain times. And that was one of them. And later on, after the dot-com bust, and, you know, I was I was in Manhattan, I think, at the time. And that there was there, it was hard to get a job at that point as well. But, uh, yeah, there are these various sort of punctuation points, as it were. Um, you know, right? You get these like dips in in in, in mark, mark, but they don't usually last long in in the technology field. It doesn't seem like it. There's, there's just so much opportunity in technology that it bounces back in one area or another. Yeah, so. but it is it is very um, frustrating to be in the kind of cohort of if you went to university cohort of graduates when you sort of graduate in that moment and you're like, you know, why me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was definitely that, those questions in my mind for sure. And so, and so you studied electrical engineering, but you ended up being, being a, a programmer uh, in a lot of your work anyway. Um, uh, did, so were you, I mean, you said your dad bought you the Apple II. Um, yeah. Uh, and so you were, you were, you were more or less self-taught in programming. Yeah. I would say a lot of it. I was self-taught. I mean, I did take some university classes, uh, you know, most of my university classes were electrical engineering and my master's was also electrical, but I, I did take some uh, computer science classes and some more memorable ones are data structures, which even to this day, I, f I find a good solid foundation for understanding um, how to use those structures in programming. And another was, um, I took one other computer course. I, I didn't take a whole array of them, but I took um, assembly language programming, which was kind of fun. You had to write the, I remember the, the like the final was you had to write the game of life in, in, uh, in assembly and we were all tried to get the fastest score and some some guy from france uh, got it down to like you know six seconds or some some ridiculously or, or wow. six micros milliseconds or whatever it was at the time um, that's amazing um yeah that actually gives me the opportunity to ask a version of a question that i ask many times on this podcast in the past which is um if you were starting out now in 2022, almost, I mean, this will probably come out in 2023, uh, but um, uh, if you were starting out now as sort of like a, you know, sort of young person with the intention of having a career in technology and programming, would you do a full university degree? You know, I heard you ask that question to Simon, and I, that's a good question. I think I probably still would. And I think the, re let me give the reason. A, deg a degree, I mean, it's, it's, and I don't agree with the logic behind this, but a degree in a lot of um, companies or, or places they look for, that's like a ticket. Like if you get your degree, then if you, you know, go through and get the whole thing, they look for that HR, the HR departments in large companies, they, I think they even weed out that, which is ridiculous because if you're qualified, like I, if I as a hiring manager, I would, if someone had the skills and, talking to them they knew what they were doing I, I wouldn't care but i think there are policies in place that make it harder if you don't complete those degrees so i think i was ha i'm happy that i did um and i didn't drop out and you know start my entrepreneurship whatever uh, two years in i'm glad i finished what i started so um because yeah, there was still opportunity even after that to, to there's always opportunities to try out things yeah, it's um sort of tricky 
I don't know, environment when it comes to kind of getting hired, right? And in so many sort of ways and and especially, and it's, you know, especially daunting for the sort of recent graduate and things like that. But, you know, we we now live in the age where there's kind of algorithms that, That's that right. look look at look at applications and they, you know, they they might- They don't even make it to the, the per, person with, with, you know, yeah, at that but, point, which is exactly. sad. And they might, they might, I mean, I know I, I looked at some of the, um, in my, in a former life, I was an investment banker and I remember applying oh. to some of the banks that you worked for and, uh, you know, they, they'd be like, there was, there was a set of East coast private schools, a specific set of them that you, you would like, and for, I mean, in high schools that you could, you could indicate that you'd attended in your application. And it was like, wow, what a lesson in like, oh yeah, you know, how these, how these algorithms sort of weed, weed things out or, or bring things to the top. But that being said, for anyone listening who's sort of like, you know, facing this choice or maybe didn't go to university, I mean, tons of people that I've interviewed on the on the on the podcast as well are like, you know, you don't need to go to university at all. I'm a hiring manager. And, you know, like it, for, for people who sort of do hiring where it's not sort of passed through an algorithm and even sometimes when it is, it actually doesn't always matter. It's not always the case. That That's you're, true. That you're screwed. You know, you especially the smaller screwed. companies where you're actually talking to the human who's going to hire you. Right. Yeah, it's it, it's uh it's a different story. I think, you know, people that are technologists, we we look for people that really have the experience in doing certain things and not so much that degree doesn't matter as much. Yeah. And so, I think, and in the age of kind of GitHub and, you know, open source and stuff like that, if you've, if you've done a bunch of, I mean, one of the sort of the main oh, things that's, you yeah. to get hired, like do, do a bunch of projects, do, do them in public, deliver yep. something. And that's like, you know, that's just a, a really it's the great, same thing. great way. Yeah. 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 And right. And write, for example, <laughs> if you can. <laughs> right. That's true. Actually, writing is, is certainly, I know when I, in my in the early days when I was writing for C Sharp Corner, it definitely got the attention of some hiring managers. And then they would say, oh, I read your article on the oscilloscope uh, in, in GDI plus or, you know, which I always sound kind of cool. So. Yeah, it's that's uh, just on that note. Um, uh, before we go on to talk about your book, um, you know, uh, uh, Lean Pub used to be Bootstrap, so we had we had consulting clients, and um, one of the uh, our most lucrative clients, you know, found us by pirating my co-founder Peter's book. Um, oh gosh, uh, or books, yeah, and sort of you know sort of pirated, it, read them, and was like, wow, I really want to work with you. <laughs> uh, but, but having having books out there, even if even if they're free in one way or another, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's still an advertisement, right? still an advertisement exactly, exactly. But, you know having having stuff out there is really great um and sort of speaking of having stuff out there so you've got this great great fun wordle book oh um, yeah yeah I, I have other... i have it right here actually it's a yeah um... oh great oh, I, oh, got it you can't see see it backwards there but no 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 i, I oh. i'm seeing i'm seeing it oh you're actually seeing it yeah. forwards yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm seeing it back um yeah. so yeah i have the um Creating a Wordle game in React and TypeScript. So yeah, I was wondering if you could talk about the the origin story of that book and and the origin. <laughs> well, you know, my sister and I and um, my wife and my son, we have this thread where we all play Wordle, and uh, I thought, you know, this would be a really this is be a really cool game to to you know write a book on, or it'd be actually cool to write the application. And I thought, you know, what would be even more fun <laughs> is to write a tutorial um, that teach people the sort of um, patterns in React using TypeScript um, to create something fun. And, uh, you know, uh, and I, I actually did it, wrote this book for fun. You know, it's, it, it's like, okay, let's, let's get back into it. Because I used to do this for C-Sharp Corner quite a bit and said, well, <clears throat> Lean Pub does books. Why don't I try writing? <clears throat> and even, and it's funny because this book, I don't know if I told you this, but 
this book got the attention of um, a press and they, they contact me on, they saw it on lean pub. They wanted to publish it, but they wanted to do, they, they wanted to get a, help me get a co-author and they wanted to juice up the pages. And I thought, oh, I just kind of did this for fun. I don't want to get it out there. Um, so I, I told them, no, we're, we're just going to sell it. Art. We're going to self-publish it and do it ourselves. So, um, and I have worked with a press in the past, um, but you know, this was an opportunity to self-publish again. And interesting story when I was with C sharp corner, and I think this was even before lean pub existed. We, um, we did a, a self-published book through my company, Microgold, uh, through people all over the world, each writing a chapter. And we published it. I got it in Barnes & Noble. I went through the whole process, Baker and & Taylor, and at the time was Ingram, and um, in, in getting in learning how to do that and, and distribute the book. The only problem, it turned out that the distributor was a crook, and they stole, <laughs> they stole the Amazon. It was really a bad, it's a bad story. <laughs> But um, no, no public, none of our authors got paid because this person ran off. We couldn't find her. Um, I had talked to other publishers that were in her catalog. And, it, you know, so lesson learned that you got to make sure you're with a reputable publisher. And uh, but anyway, the book was still fun and it still ended up in Barnes and Noble and the rest are sitting in my garage. But, you know, um, at one point we did have a publicist who, who pushed them out. So uh, and that book was called Visual C Sharp. Um, so, um, so that was my first foray into self-publishing, but I thought, Hey, let's do it again with lean pubs. Got this great platform and, you know, you can, you can actually write, um, you write your entire book and, and, and publish it, you know, and look and see the PDF right away. And that's, that's really cool. And so that's, it got started. And then, you know, you guys, a lot, uh, I'm into your, um, Amazon program, which now, now it's on Amazon. And these guys, I gotta be, gotta tell you, they got this book out in a week. I'm, I'm not lying. Lean Pub got this book on Amazon, published ISBN, everything in record time. I was I was thrilled. And it's so it's it's out there. Um uh but anyway, uh more about the book. So book is, isn't a very long book, but it is a tutorial. And it, it it if you are familiar with React, um it's a good it's a good fun thing to go through and and you know the source code's available too. Um there's a link in the book to, uh, to, to guide you through that as well. Yeah, it's really great. Um, it's been really fun. Um, uh, and there's, there's a, there's a section in there, but so for those, maybe, maybe for those, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone will know what Wordle is, but Wordle is kind of a mastermind style game for, for guessing a word. Right. And so there's sort of, I think, is it six or five? I just did today's, but is it six or five attempts that you get? Um, yeah, you get, you get uh, six attempts. Six attempts, and so it's basically and, basically what you'll see is if you go to if you go to it, the New York Times bought it, and it was it was really funny. Like I think the creator created it to sort of like as something a fun sort of gift for his exactly. wife, exactly, uh, and then got bought for some kind of seven figure low seven figure amount, and then because it became so popular. But basically, the, you'll see like six rows of five boxes, and you you try and guess a word, uh, and and you know it'll show you if if the letter is in the is the right is a letter that is included in the word and then and i think it's sort of it's orange or something like that and then it's green if it's the correct letter in the correct spot and then there's there's sort of different settings like there's a hard setting where if if you guessed a letter you have to use it in the next guess and if it's you know if it's green and you guessed it in the same place you have to guess it in the same place and stuff like that uh, yeah it's like have... a, if you've ever played mastermind I don't, if, if that was an old game that was put out by i think it was parker brothers or um and it's it's along it's exactly the same kind of thing except this guy kind of combined it with uh, you know letters instead of, of colors and and 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a great idea, and uh, to, to to you know to expand that mastermind concept and 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 create almost like this uh, puzzle that that's that's that gives you similar clues and 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 uh, you know you can easily create those puzzles. So, do you have a go-to first word? A go-to first word? Yeah. Oh yes, I do actually. Uh, um, so my son actually had a go-to first word, salet, which isn't, I've, I've never heard this word, S-A-L-E-T, but apparently it's a word. I think it's some 17th century French something or other. I, I don't know, but apparently it, it's the best word to pick. I actually, my go-to first word is slate, which is the same letters, um, right. but <laughs> spelled slightly different. And um, that that's the word I usually pick. Uh, unless I'm feeling, uh, feeling different, I'll sometimes pick uh, words like train, you know, um, those are, those are my two first go-to. And if I don't get it with slate, I usually, if slate doesn't show any letters, I think I go to house or something like that, or, or if it shows just the E or something. Yeah. That's funny. I use, um, my first word is just, just kind of for fun is Thane, which is like a Viking word for Lord basically. Oh, um, uh, T-H-A-N-E. And, uh, so you get, you know, T-H and E. And, yeah, and you, know, you got and, the most important vowels there, so are the most it, frequent vowels. So yeah, and you get the th. Yeah, yeah, that's, and if, that's if that, a good if one. Nothing shows up, then I use proud. So you get an r, o, and u in there as well. So. Right, so it knocks out most of the vowels. That, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever? Have I, you ever I think that's a good second? strategy. I think it is like if you, you try to knock out the vowels first, like if you can. That's that's my. Have you ever got it on the second try? Yes, and and, and if you get it on the second try, it's just pure luck. <laughs> I mean, but it's. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I have never just one though. Never mind read the thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I the the most the most uh, proud I've ever been was I got none on the first one, none on the second one, and it's like when I done Thane and proud, and it's like wow, what what could be left? And then I got it perfectly on the third try. Um, yeah, like a word like you know I don't nymph or some yeah, word yeah. that <laughs> you would never think of vowels, but yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, it's just such a great idea because you feel you feel so like satisfied when you get it when you get it that way. Um, exactly. Yes. And they and, make it you, you, if you ever play the New York Times version, they make it, you know, really fun where they, you know, they, they say splendid if you got to, you know, make you feel good about it. <laughs> Actually, I'm just 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 curious talking just talking about Wordle now. Um, is that what your book is partly about? But um, at the time when it was first created, before it got acquired, you could actually download the full word list. Um, yes. And I, and I, I think I, this, this, you can, you can find it online. I think if you, if you get, uh, you know, my link will have, um, in the book has uh, links to the word list and you can, you know, use the entire Wordle word list, which is not exactly the same as you'd think. It's not all only five letter words. Like they don't do pl like plurals in the word list. So that you won't find, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a word like bills or something. You, you, you won't find those in the world. So the, I think the list is somewhere around 2000, the official list is something like 2000 uh, unique words. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's super fun actually to sort of, I've, I've downloaded it at the time when it sort of became popular just to look at it. And it was neat to sort of scrolling through today's word. So I'm not giving, this is no, no spoiler alert because <laughs> this won't come out for a while, but today's word uh, was usual. Yes, um, and it's, that was it's, hard. I struggled with it today. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting uh, that that you can you know I just it's one thing I love about the game is that you can be there like huh like I know this is probably an ordinary word that I use all the time but like you know I was stuck with like al at the end and then th th I was same what with could me. that be 
Yeah, I, I, I got stuck the same way. I was trying common. I had an SAL somewhere and I still couldn't get it right. Um, it, it was that was there was a tricky one. Yeah, I had the um, S as well. It wasn't your usual uh, word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so, um, but you you already, and so just going on to, to talk about your um, experience writing. So how did you actually get into writing you know, your, your your posts for C-Sharp? Yeah, when I, when I was wor- uh, working uh, closely with C-Sharp Corner, I, I, you know, I was back and forth with Mahesh. I, I just put a post up for fun. I think it was, I can't remember what my first post was. It might, it was something graphic related, I think. And then um, Mahesh, who was the owner of the site or probably still is, uh, he, he sent it back to me and he encouraged me to write more. And then I really found that I enjoyed it and I enjoyed getting feedback. And um, so I just kept writing and, and, uh, and I, Approached many many topics. It's fun to it was fun to just explore not only explore Microsoft's technology and the .NET framework, but you know I explored things like artificial intelligence. I, I wrote a few articles on genetic algorithms and some probabilistic algorithms. And uh, so you you could the nice thing you C Sharp Corner you could write about just about anything you wanted to. So I uh, you know I went across even wrote some articles on on hardware where you know I I, I wrote a a solar panel. Um, measure that graphs, you know, the, the daylight, you know, just fun things like that. And, uh, I would get feedback from some of the, because they were popular articles, I would get feedback from some of the, some of the hardware people, a guy named Al Williams, who's a, a big writer for, um, electronic magazines. And I, you know, I wrote an, uh, a review for, uh, Robert Martin, uh, on his book, clean code. And, and because of his exposure, he thanked me. So it was kind of cool, you know, because they really gave me access to some of the leaders in the field uh, and talking to them. So, yeah, it's one of its um, uh, one of the things that, you know, if, if you can get a bit of traction and a bit of attention, um, you know, you know, the one of the reasons, you know, you end up writing sort of hundreds of articles is because people are paying attention to them and you get feedback and, and they like it. And it's one of the one of the great rewards for writing and publishing. Did you did you I'm just curious because you wrote so many. Did you do like one a week? Did you have a schedule or something like that? I didn't really have a set schedule, but I tried to write like at least one every two weeks. And I actually dropped off um, after a few years. I wasn't writing nearly as often um, because I, I think most of my time was spent uh, doing consulting at that point. But for a while, I was writing a lot of them, quite a few, actually. So uh, but I really I remember how much I enjoyed it. So that's why I came back and, and did this book. And I'll pro- there'll probably be more to come. Yeah, so you eventually alighted upon LeanPub. Um, and, yes. Uh, and and yes. what what writing mode did you use? Actually, I feel bad that I didn't double check that. Which which writing mode? As yeah. as in like uh, the Markdown or? No, like on on LeanPub. So we have um yeah we have like the the browser and then we have Dropbox and GitHub and. Oh oh um uh my actually I I wrote you mean how did I write it or? I'll let me. I'll just. I'll just check right now. Um. Uh. I'm. I'm just asking the question badly. Oh. Okay, okay. So you. You. Um. I found it right now. So yeah. You. You chose our in-browser writing mode. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, what I did was, and this I recommend to anybody. I downloaded a tool called Visual Code. I actually didn't download. I used it on my job, and Visual Code has a plugin for Markdown, and I used that. And then, um, what I did was, um, I then pasted that markdown into uh into your web browser uh 
that's that's how I wrote uh, wrote the book. Oh, that's really interesting. I don't know if I've ever. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure that actually, you you probably not the first person to do that, but you're the first person I've talked to. I think who did that. Uh, that's really yeah, yeah. It's very useful because Visual Code, Visual Code really it, it it translates. They have a plugin that translates that markdown, and you can see it side by side as you're typing, and um, you can also see the code how that looks in the in in the. Uh, um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's the way I was able to check and see the images and see how it, you know. No, oh, that's really great. That's really great. Um, and um, you mentioned, so you mentioned um, uh, that you, you got the lean pub, got your book on Amazon. So, um, so for anyone listening, we've got this thing that we introduced recently called lean pub author services um, with a rather grand title. Um, and basically this was in response to, you know, for many years actually, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll be asking you this question shortly, but um, you know, the last question I always ask on these podcast interviews is if there's one thing we could, there's one thing you hated about lean pub that we were shouting at the screen all the time about that we could fix for you. If there was one thing we could <laughs> for you, one feature we could, build for you, what would you ask for? And often people ask for what I sort of came to call the magic button, which is like, can I just, I've written my book in one of LeanPub's writing modes. Can I just click a button and get a print book up on Amazon? And we sort of, sort of finally decided to offer, we, we sort of offered a version of that many moons ago, but we've now, we're now offering it again. And the idea is if you've written your book on LeanPub and you, if you've published it and it's done, um, uh, then we've got a button you can click basically. And it, you know, it costs a few hundred bucks, but you know, then we'll, we'll sort of, we'll correspond with you, but we'll do everything for you to get your book in, in hardcover and paperback and, you know, Kindle it, Kindle edition up on Amazon. And the, the sort of like, this is all stuff. And we're very explicit about this. This is all stuff that you could totally do on your own um, if you wanted to, but who, not everybody wants to do that. A lot of people are like, you know, wow, for just like, you know, a few hundred bucks, you can, I can just like not think about it and it'll be up there and you'll take care of everything for me. And so, and you were the very, and so thank you very much, Mike, for being the very first user. You were the earliest of early adopters. Um, and we were, we were super interested in sort of like actually that, how that would work out. Like, you know, when you signed up, we're like, okay, like, let's see. Um, and it worked great. It really worked out well. I mean, I, I, I can't believe how quickly, uh, as I said, how quickly um, LeanPub uh, company got it up, uh, got the uh, book up on Amazon in Kindle form with hardcover art and so, and all this stuff that uh, it would have taken me a, a month to do or months and full time. I mean, I, or whatever. I, I, I just wouldn't have known what I was doing. So I was really thankful that they were able to, to offer that service. Yeah, no, I think the next service you guys, though, need to offer and. Um, is, is some kind of marketing program, I, th I think, or even partner with a marketing company. But that that would like complete your because that's the I think the only thing that really publishing companies, you know, have you know that that you don't. And yeah, that, that's great. I, I don't, you know, but there are marketing firms out there. But I have a feeling that uh, you know it would be it, that's that would be my only hot button is that you know I'm sure. Authors, once they write their book and want to, you know, if they want to sell them, it's they need ways to do that. So, yeah, the, you've, you've gone ahead and answered the question. <laughs> yeah, is, so, know, if there's one more thing we could build for you. What would you ask? Yeah. Uh, you're not you're not the first person to to, to uh, ask for that. Um, I, I can I can try to go ahead and try and answer. So um, the, the 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 main answer is um, when it comes to marketing. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for about ten years, and sort of this has been kind of our main kind of how can we help market your book is like publish podcast episodes and yeah, stuff like that. Right. But just just this year, we kind of got religion a little bit on like we really need to 
be doing like instead of just being coding book generation stuff kind of nerds we actually needed to sort of do more to to get to get to, to get attention to authors and books and stuff like that and 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 play a little bit more of the role of the conventional publisher right because the idea is look like a lot of people who are self-publishers they they're self-published authors they love writing they love the subjects that they write about and they're like but i'm not a marketer and maybe i don't even <laughs> enjoy sell us self-promotion right and so the the role that the sort of company plays is like to be the medium or the conduit so it's like it's the company that's promoting you not you promoting yourself and that's actually a very different vibe and so what we've done uh, now as we've got these new initiatives so we're going to be doing um uh these lean pub what we call lean pub launch videos so we've done three of them so far oh excellent um, which is like we're finally doing what everybody in the book publishing industry has been doing forever, which is book launch, book launches. Uh, but basically, if you go to leanpub.com slash launch, you can fill out a form and apply if you're a leanpub author who's and we're doing them not just for like publishing a book for the first time, but if you're publishing a major new version, because of course we do lean publishing, right? And so if you're publishing a major new version, you can do another launch. So you can have many launch videos for the same book. That's and- awesome. Yeah, it's 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 super fun. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so if anyone's listening, please, and you're a lean pub author, you know, please please apply to to do one of those. There's one other thing I I know that there's two other platforms. I think it's Barnes and Noble and something called Chaos something. I can't remember that Lean Pub could offer. You know, I mean, as they're growing this program to offer to some of these distributors. Oh, oh yes, yes. Yeah. Like- so 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 we've started our Lean Pub author services with with Amazon. Um, uh, we may, we may offer distribution to other services in the future. Part of the problem there, though, is like kind of like there is Amazon is the easiest to work. Oh with, yeah, no say. question. <laughs> you know, and yeah. and so it's kind of like and when you start like I mean in the self publishing world, I don't know if you read self publishing blogs and stuff like that, but there's like the kind of like there's these terms of like putting all your eggs in one basket or going wide and going going. We we sort of do typically recommend going wide, which is publishing on lots of different platforms. But at the same time, there's always this sort of cost benefit of like you know right you know, all the overhead, is it really worth it to sort of be up? Right. Cause if Amazon sells 90% of the books, then the others don't really matter. This is why all the big publishers are all on Amazon themselves, (laughs) book publishers as well. Um, But we're also going to be doing, you know, sort of explainer videos to get stuff out there. And, uh, and, you know, we're actually going to be doing um, lean pub author videos. So someone, someone contacted us with like, Hey, here's how I do coupons. And we're like, Hey, we should have a playlist on YouTube of like people can submit videos about like, Oh, that's a great idea. Publishing. Yeah. And so, and so again, we're, we're, it's not self-promotion in the same way it normally would be. Right. It's kind of like, Oh, now it's, it's, it's a lean pub author video. So if you go to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash lean pub, you'll see, I do, I've got a little intro there where I talk about the various kinds of series that we've got going but that is what we're doing to sort of offer sort of as in-house kind of marketing services to authors and um but when it comes to when it comes to offering kind of and those are all free (laughs) when it comes to offering paid marketing though we may do something on that eventually um there's a couple of tricky elements to that though one of which is i mean you mentioned getting getting scammed and offering kind of paid marketing services is something that like not everyone who offers that to self-published authors is a scammer, but all scammers There's offer that. Yes. You know? um, so, so like when you, when you, you've got to be really careful and you, I mean, we lean public has a lot of goodwill because we've built it up over the years and stuff like that. Oh yeah. But, but you've got, you've got to be. That's really- why I'm thinking if, if you guys figure out a way to do it, people will trust you, right? Where the ones that are out there now are like, 
call centers that are trying. Oh yeah, know, no, I mean, I got, I got, I got kind of um, on a list once. They called my parents, if you would believe it or not, oh multiple times. Yeah, telling them, "Oh, we want to publish a book by your son," you know, and uh, it was, it's gross. Um, uh, <laughs> but, um, but, but, yeah, no, and no, no, that's that's a really interesting suggestion, and we 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 did sort of entertain the idea of um, paid Facebook ads, for example, and 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 then the principle would be the same, right? It's like I don't want to have to learn about Facebook ads. I don't want to have to learn about Twitter ads or whatever it is. You guys just take care of it. Here's some money. And uh, and actually, one thing I should mention as well is that in addition to being being able to just pay for our LeanPub author services, you know, with a credit card, you can actually bid on them using un, unpaid royalties that you've already earned from your book. This is a, a feature that we have as well wow. for anyone listening. So your book can actually become kind of self-funding that way, which is which is cool. super super interesting. Uh, we think. Um, and and kind of popular we we uh, with with authors um, and also actually when it comes to marketing we have our um, I don't know if you actually know about this but we have daily we have weekly sales and monthly sales that we I did do. see that and I'm definitely considering doing some of that yeah so you can you can opt in for free by going to your 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 book pricing page or your bundle or your course or your course track and you can you can then sort of set the discount amount that you the, the maximum discount amount that you'll allow us to do that gets you on the list oh that's that's totally free but you can actually pay for sponsored spot that goes at the top of the newsletter and and uh and you can and then you also get on the what we call the shelf which is sort of a prominent display on our homepage oh, and stuff like that so we we do offer that and our um, our weekly sale reaches about twenty thousand people, and our monthly sale, I think, ticked over sixty thousand. Um, okay, that's so a nice a, size list. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty good size list. We wish it were bigger, and but you know they do they do grow. Um, not as much as we wish they would, but you know that's our job to sort of market that as well. But yeah, no, that's thanks very much for that feedback, and that's definitely something that like we're getting these signals, you know, from from people that like we want to do the writing, we want to do the thinking, and we're happy to do 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 videos and stuff like that. But we also want to pay you guys to do some some paid marketing for us on various channels out there. So that's definitely something that we'll consider. Uh, well, uh, cool. Mike, um, thank you very much for being on the Front Matter podcast and for being a Lean Pub author. And um, and uh, thank you very much again for being the sort of you know earliest of early adopters for our Lean Pub author services. Oh, it's my pleasure, Lynn. Thank you, and thanks for all Lean Pub has done. Really, thanks very much. And as always, thanks to all of you for listening to this episode of the Front Matter podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate and review it wherever you found it. And if you'd like to be a Lean Pub author yourself, please check out our website at leanpub.com. Thanks.